Hey, this is Russell Wilson. This is Joe Montana. This is Dak Prescott. Hey, this is Jason Kelsey, and you're listening to Rob Motti. Rob Motti. Rob Motti. Rob Motti. I am Rob Motti. Welcome to the AP Pro Football Podcast, and Happy New Year. Happy New NFL League Year for 2023. Free agency period kicked off this week. A ton of player movement in the two days before free agency actually began on Wednesday in the legal tampering period, all kinds of signings, trades, and everything going down. However, the biggest news was Aaron Rodgers deciding he is going to play, which is no surprise. He's not retiring, and he wants to play for the New York Jets because he doesn't believe the Green Bay Packers want him back, and they kind of said as much last week. So now we wait on a trade to be completed, but A-Rod, another A-Rod, is going to New York. Our guest this week is former NFL player A.J. Francis, who is now a WWE superstar. He is top dollar of Hit Row, so stay tuned for that conversation. Among the big-name free agents who signed this week, Baker Mayfield is going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on a one-year deal to try and replace Tom Brady. He'll compete with Kyle Trask. It's a low-risk move for the Bucks. Baker Mayfield gets a one-year modest deal, and he's now joining his fourth team in the last year and a half. So we'll see what Baker Mayfield can do. Jacoby Brissett goes to Washington. Andy Dalton goes to Carolina. The Panthers, of course, last Friday, they acquired the number one overall pick. So Dalton's going to be a good fit to groom whichever rookie they draft at one overall. The 49ers, they got Eagles defensive tackle Javon Hargrave, one of the best free agents on the market. The Vikings signed Saints defensive end Marcus Davenport. Orlando Brown goes from protecting Patrick Mahomes' blind side to Joe Burrow. The Bengals gave him a huge mega deal. Kansas City had already signed Jawan Taylor from the Jags to replace Brown. There's some running backs on the move, and they're not getting paid. If you're a running back out there, or if you're a young kid in high school, college, playing running back, become a QB. Be a running quarterback. Do whatever you have to do. You're not, they're not getting paid. Miles Sanders gets the biggest free agent deal among running backs, and it's somewhere around $6 million or so per year. He goes from the Eagles to Carolina. Kind of like that move for the Panthers. Jamal Williams, who led the NFL in touchdowns last year, goes from the Lions to the Saints. The Eagles got Rashad Penny from Seattle. He's got some upside if he can stay healthy. Some players on the move in trades. Stephon Gilmore, cornerback, goes from the Colts to the Dallas Cowboys. And Darren Waller just got married to Kelsey Plume, who plays for the Las Vegas Aces. He has been with the Raiders for several years. And the tight end goes to the New York Giants. Just got back from his honeymoon. And his honeymoon gift, his wedding gift from the Raiders, is a trade to the New York Giants. Should be a big boost for Daniel Jones and the Giants. Some players who are staying put, Buccaneers cornerback, Jamel Dean, he got a nice contract. James Bradbury stays in Philadelphia in that secondary at corner. Bill safety, Jordan Poyer staying. Bengals lost two safeties, however. Jesse Bates to Atlanta and Von Bell to Carolina. Still no resolution for Lamar Jackson. He got the non-exclusive franchise tag from Baltimore. There's plenty of quality players who are still available Still going to be a lot of movement, some trades. There's going to be some cap release, all kinds of stuff still happening. It's still early. I know there was a ton of signings on Monday and Tuesday, and they become official on Wednesday, and they're still becoming a little, some of them, they got to go through physicals, and they become official on 
Thursday as well, but there's still going to be so many more to come. You can read about all of these on APnews.com. A.J. Francis spent six seasons in the NFL, played nose tackle with six teams. He was signed as an undrafted free agent by the Dolphins in 2013 out of Maryland. But A.J. always wanted to be a wrestler, and he made that dream come true soon after his playing career ended. He signed with the WWE in 2020. He's having a ton of success. Here's our conversation. AJ, appreciate you joining me. It's a wild time in free agency. I know you're in the WWE now, but you played in the NFL. Are you paying attention to the amount of money? Like these contracts guys are starting to get now are crazy. And it's you've only you were only in the league just five years ago, four years ago. So, but things have changed. Do you pay attention to that? Yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, you know, the CBA has changed, the TV contracts change, and uh, the money changes with it, and uh, it's the, it's the way the game is. You know, you know, you got guys like uh, I saw yesterday. I think Sam Darnold. I think guy like yeah. oh no, some who so somebody got like ten million dollars, and they and uh, and like five years ago, a quarterback in their position would have gotten mm, three or four. You know what I'm saying? So like then you got guys like Lamar who you know want forty five, fifty million dollars a year, and when you look at other contracts around the NFL, it's like how can you not say that he deserves that when other guys are getting around those numbers and they don't have the career he has, you know? Yeah. So it's crazy, but I was born, I was born five years too late. I mean, too <laughs> early, too early. That, that's for sure. Like, like you just said, like you see Daniel Jones get $40 million a year from the giants. And then you think about, about Lamar and you go, well, he's been an MVP. Yeah. What does he deserve? And then as you see quarterbacks getting all this money, like you were in a locker room, you know what that's like. Do do players understand that quarterbacks are just going to get paid or can there be like some resentment sometimes where like, man, why he's getting all that, but here we are, we're offensive linemen, we're blocking for him or we're the receivers. We're, we're like, how do you make sure there is no resentment like that? Pay the guys that deserve it. So like me, <laughs> I started like six games in my career. Like I wasn't a, I wasn't a perennial starter, but if like, you know, when I was there, if Ryan Tannehill was making $40 million, you know, Randy Starks was going to have something to say about that. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> other guys who been to the Pro Bowl, you know, made big time plays and done big things in their careers. Uh, they're they're going to be like, well, I should be getting a little money than I'm getting, you know? Um, and that's just the nature of the beast. The good thing is a lot of times nobody like makes it affect how they interact in the locker room. Nobody really brings up money in the locker room that's like taboo that's like you don't do that that's just it's an unwritten rule you don't bring up money in the locker room you don't bring up families um these are just unwritten rules in the locker room and and everybody abides by them for the most part when did you realize that you wanted to transition from pro football to professional wrestling at what point what what, was that like a dream of yours um you know i've always wanted to be a wrestler my whole life i wanted to be in wwe even before i wanted to be in the nfl um, I was just happened to be good enough to play in the NFL, make some money doing it. Um, so I did it. But even when I was in the NFL, I would tell people, you know, after I'm done playing football, I'm going to WWE. And people thought I was crazy. Like people were like, were like, oh man, you're living your dream. You're in the NFL. And I'm like, I'm living one of my dreams. Like my real dream is to be in WWE. So uh, being able to uh, do that and transition. So um, some people become wrestlers and it takes some 
10, 20 years to get to WWE. Luckily for me, I played in the NFL and, and WWE has a big thing for professional athletes. They love professional athletes. So like I was only, it was only one year between the end of my football career and the beginning of my time at WWE. Um, so I was very lucky and uh, very fortunate, but you know, it, it came with a lot of hard work. So, you know, I had to earn it and I'm grateful that I was given the opportunity and now I'm making the most of it. Tell me how hit row came to be. How, how did you put, how did that get put together? So we were, uh, the three of us, myself, and B-Fab, we were all in the performance center together um, at the same time. And there's a guy named Ryan Katz who works in the performance center who was like, you guys would be a good, like, look together as good as a group, right? So I was like, oh, okay, yeah, that's a good idea. And, like, I already knew that Brianna made music. And uh, I made music for a long time. And when I was on the independent scene wrestling, the year in between um, the NFL and WWE, I had a crew called The Row, which was just me cosplaying Suge Knight because I look like Suge Knight. And, uh, you know, then fast forward, you know, I was like, we got to be a crew together. Let's do it. Um, And it was, you know, we had the hit makers. That's what we made ourselves. We made ourselves like a music record label group and uh we became the hit makers but then before we debuted we became hit row and you know it was it's one of those things it's like when i first met brianna she told me she made music and it was like that stuck in the back of my mind but like i didn't think about it again until we became a group and then i was like oh this is perfect because you know there's been a lot of uh different people that have done rap characters in wrestling but none of them have been girls so having a female mc in your crew is a different level than you know everything else that's ever happened in wrestling so it's really cool to be able to do that with her and with ashante yeah for sure because yeah i I think about uh, some of the people who've done it and it's different to have her be able to do that with you man that's that's pretty cool what's it like life you know, life in the NFL is is hard enough as it is because you start you forget training camp. You start in OTAs and all the off season and all the hard work and everything that you put in and everything that you you go through until January. But in WWE, you're on the road like almost you're every week, right? Yeah, um, you know, physically it, it, they kind of even out because football, no doubt about it, is uh, more physically demanding. Um, than professional wrestling is on your body. Um, Because if you think about it, in, you know, football, if I hurt you, I mean, that wasn't my goal, but I don't really care, you know? Like, in professional wrestling, the whole objective is for us to get out of here and not hurt, you know? So so that we can keep doing this for week in, week out, you know? Um, But professional wrestling is every weekend no off season like so you don't get a chance to really rest up your body at all like you got to be ready to go every weekend as opposed to you know if you don't make the playoffs you got january to april to just get your body back together and then if you do make the super bowl it's still february to april so you still got time you know so there there is a bit of a difference um in the level of physicality for sure but because of the difference in schedule it kind of evens out who do you view as your toughest opponent 
that you've you faced over the years in the WWE? My toughest opponent. Um, you know, that's a good question because there's people that I've had long matches with mm-hmm. uh, that that aren't, you know, big names. But then there's guys that are huge names in the business that I had short matches with, and it was tough for sure. So, um, you know, if I had to pick one, I would say the when we had our match with the Usos, it was a tag team title match. You know, uh, it was a great match. Uh, they came out on top. And it was uh, like the last SmackDown of the year almost. So it was like, it was like really cool to be able to that match together with them. Um, so yeah, I would say the Usos for sure. I grew up in, in the era, like when Hogan and, and those guys were just turning the wrestling into what it is. And I always enjoyed the interviews, the guys behind the microphone, like mm-hmm. sometimes more so than the action itself. Like that's what it became. Then you saw it with, with the rock and Steve Austin and Jericho and all these guys. How much do you enjoy that part of wrestling, the, the character playing a role? To me, that is that is the part. Like, uh, um, the, you got to be able to do the matches. That's everybody. Mm-hmm. Everybody there has to be able to do that. But having the ability to carry a feud or um, make people care on the microphone, that is a much harder task. And um, I love that. I love the fact that if I get a microphone, that I can make people care. I can make people actually want to see me get beat up. You know what I'm saying? Want to see me get 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 destroyed. You know what I'm saying? Like I love that because at the end of the day, these people are paying their hard-earned money to be entertained. And yes, you can entertain them in the ring, but if you can entertain them so much on the mic that it affects how they feel about you in the ring, then that's that's what this is all about. Do you have guys that that you've looked at? I mean, as as someone who always wanted to be in wrestling, some of your favorites on the mic? Uh yeah. I mean, you got The Rock is the reason that I'm a wrestler. Uh, like <laughs> I grew up a huge fan of The Rock, and without him, without him, I wouldn't be what I'm doing. What I'm doing today. Uh, he made me care. He was on my birthday cake. Like he was. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like he was the guy. And uh, and to this day, I still am a huge fan of his. And uh, even though I've, you know, I've met him and, and like, I'm still a huge fan of his. So it's like um, The Rock definitely is the guy that, you know, um, had a big impact on me as well as like John Cena. John Cena, uh, you know, when he came back a few months ago, me and him sat down and, and had a conversation in his uh, dressing room and uh, he just gave me some free game, you know what I'm saying? Because we're doing our characters, our hip hop characters. And he was like, the most successful hip hop character in wrestling history. So like being able to take, being able to take free game from him um, about how to do, you know, how to do it the right way. You know, it was, uh, it was huge. And obviously he was so good at it. Um, That's what made him a megastar. So yeah, I would say them for sure. The rock hasn't tried to recruit you to XFL. Has he? Uh, No, my football days are behind me. Even if he did. I just want to finish up with a um, question about the NFL. I, I know you played for a bunch of teams. Do it, You were even with the Patriots for a while. So Bill Belichick's a legendary coach. Are there any relationships, anybody that stands out that you're still, that you're still close to? I mean, you obviously had an opportunity to, to be on different teams and see different guys, some Hall of Famers. Uh, there's a lot of guys. So I'll just say like uh, Casey Rogers, my D-line coach in Miami, me and him, you know, we text every once in a while. 
Um, he loves what I'm. He loves what I'm doing. He, even though he was the uh, D coordinator for the Jets for a while, um, great D line coach, incredible man. Uh, as well as like more so players, less coaches. Um, you got guys like Randy Starks I mentioned earlier. Um, you got guys like uh, Brent Grimes, who's like one of my very best friends. Uh, we played together in Miami. Um, he should go in the Hall of Fame one day. He never gets the respect that he deserves. If you look at his numbers, he just, you know, he played, he only went to the playoffs one time, and that's that's like the big detriment to, like, getting your name out there for those kind of things. But if you look at his yeah. numbers, he's up there with anybody. And he played, he locked down some of the best receivers of our generation, Calvin Johnson, Tony O'Brien, uh, Brown, uh, Odell Beckham. Like, so, like, he he's one of the best to ever do it, but he never gets his his credit. Um, so yeah, uh, me and him talk literally every day. So uh, definitely me and me and uh, BG are that's probably my biggest relationship coming out of the NFL for sure. AJ, this was a lot of fun, man. I appreciate you taking some time to sit down and chat, and uh, can't wait to to watch you on on the next uh, SmackDown or in, in WWE events. I appreciate you, brother. Time for some final thoughts. People were quick to criticize Aaron Rodgers. He's holding the Packers and Jets hostage, they said, because his decision wasn't public knowledge. But the truth was Rodgers, who said he would let both teams know what he wanted to do before free agency began, did exactly that last Friday. So the hangup hasn't been Aaron Rodgers hasn't decided what he wants to do just because the media and the fans don't know. The hangup has been The teams know, but trade compensation, what are the Jets going to give up to get Aaron Rodgers? So critics, I know they love to pile on Aaron Rodgers, and I know it goes back to the whole vaccine and the COVID thing, but Aaron Rodgers is different, and some folks don't like that. For me, he's refreshing. He doesn't follow the group think. I'm not sure how much he has left in his career, but he's 39. He's coming off a subpar season for him. He was NFL MVP at 37 and 38, and it would certainly be great for Jets fans and the NFL if he goes to New York. Actually, he's going to North Jersey, but it would be great for Jets fans for sure and the NFL if he goes there and he thrives. He's not going to win three Super Bowls after turning 39 like Tom Brady did, but Jets fans are just dying for one, and it'll be exciting to see how that plays out. That's it for this week. Thank you to AJ Francis, and thank you for listening. Please be sure to download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to your pods. Also, check out my colleague, Ralph Russo, and his AP Top 25 college football podcast. Till next week, I'm Rob Motti reminding you, make a difference. Be a blessing.